Welcome to the 10th episode of Optional Dialogue. As usual, I'm your host, James Smith, and I am joined once again by the worst creature to come out of Australia, Mitchell O'Brien. How are you, Mitch? Hurt. Hurt. I, I feel like we've... I feel like I've, I've I've done the same reply once again, James. Yeah, that's no, good, I'm, exactly I'm, what you've I'm done. Uh, it's partly my fault, probably, because I didn't think to come up with a new... Uh, intro for you. I'll probably just roll with this one from now on because I'm kind of liking the vibes. Sure, sure. What the hell? What the hell? The vibes of insulting Mitch are always positive. Absolutely. Um, Uh, Yes. So yeah, you're good. I I take it. I am good. Great. Where can people find you? Uh, They can find me in Australia. Okay. (laughs) Great. Uh, And and on Twitter at Mitch. No, no, no. You don't get. You don't get. You don't get to follow that up. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm also joined by Mr. Sebastian Cardoni. How are you, Mr. Sebastian Cardoni? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Uh, got a lot to talk about this week. Very excited. Big week. Big, 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 big week. One of the biggest. One of the biggest, I would argue. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, biggest news, but yeah. I, been, oh, yeah. I, I If it was not for the news, it'd be a pretty dry week, honestly. Sure. Gaming, but anyway. We've got the news, and you know... What a, what a way to kick off the year. Like, <laughs> such a big year coming up. And to kick it off with this. Anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, where can people find you? You can find me at LittleSeb93. And uh, I finally passed 2,000 followers, so I appreciate everybody. Congratulations. And I'm also joined by sore loser extraordinaire, Dorian Ford. How are you, Dory? I was cheated! I was cheated! <laughs> you uh, not. No, I'm, I'm doing well. Yeah, <laughs> great. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at uh, it's rigged.com. No, uh, they can call, uh, they can get me at uh, declare192 on Twitch and Twitter. Great, so that's everybody. Uh, now back in 2013, a little studio called Drinkbox released a little game called Guacamole, which, if you're at all tuned into the comings and goings of the video game space, you'll no doubt be familiar with. Uh, I'm told it was pretty good, although I haven't actually played it myself. But uh, anyway, they've just released a brand new game called Nobody Saves the World, which Seb and I uh, have both been playing. How much have you played so far? Oh, I want to say about six hours now. Wow. Okay, when did it come out? Uh, it came out Wednesday? Wednesday. Maybe? On Game Pass? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've only been playing it today, so I've only played about three, three and a half hours. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I kind of went into this not knowing what to expect, but uh, I I was kind of playing... I was surprised how much I've I've been enjoying it. It's kind of... It's like a top-down kind of what would you call it? like an RPG kind of a dungeon a top, crawler. It's a top-down action RPG dungeon crawler. It'd be a tall that. That's the one. That's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, listen. Uh, what what are you thinking of it? Are you enjoying it? 
Yes. Well, I mean, it's my de facto game of the year because it's the only new game I played this year. Because I, I, otherwise, I've been playing last year's games. But uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I had no idea about this game until like they until like this week, and they announced it on uh, the Twitter page, uh, Xbox Twitter page, and uh, yeah, like I was, I really enjoyed Guacamole. It has, it always had like a, I love, always love their animation and their and their like their humor. They have, is there is always a charm to their games. And this game is no different. This game has a really nice charm to it. Uh, so it uh, it's about like this nobody, literally. That's what he is. He's a nobody. Uh, not Kingdom Hearts nobody, but a nobody. Damn it! I was just about to make that joke. So <laughs> yeah, I know Dory was right about to say that. Uh, Damn it! So apparently, like, so I most powerful wizard in the world, uh, no, uh, Nostromagus, is missing. So that is a mouthful. Yeah, and uh, his wand gets left behind, and you, the nobody, his, his gets access to it. His wand. His wand. Oh, okay. I thought you said something. Wand. <laughs> Very different there, but... Wand, James. Wand, okay. Wizardy. Timothy. Keep your mind out of the gutter. Uh, <laughs> so he, he gets the access to his wand, which gives him an access to all these different uh, abilities to transform into different things. And uh, he can turn into 15 different forms. So the fun in this game is that you can mix and match all different forms so you can be like a horse a knight a turtle a mermaid uh a zombie what else is there uh i'm forgetting all of them a now. turtle uh uh archer a, a knight yeah, yeah. You, you get the idea but uh I, I take it since you're further in the game than i am you've gotten uh, you've done the 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 pony love side yes. quest right yes i have <laughs> the who Which the what is, Okay, so there's a side quest. Spoilers for one small, tiny side quest, but there's a side quest uh, quite early in the game after you unlock the uh, the horse class where you play as a horse. And it's called... I can't remember what it's called, but uh, the achievement you get for it is called Horse Love or Pony Love. And basically, uh, you raid this uh, horse mine with a bunch of horses in it. Uh, and then there's this whole... After you rescue the horses from the mine, there's a side quest where you have to go and uh, t- speak to this other horse, and uh, you know you fall in love, and it's a whole, it's a whole thing. But it's, wow. um, yeah, it's I, it's very funny, is the thing, um, and I think that's kind of one of the things that sort of drew me into the game in general uh, early on is like the sense of humor and the comedy that it has is quite unique i want to say um yeah. this, this and just, game likes horsing around <laughs> very good very good um but yeah no it's very it's very well written in that way so and it's I, a top-down dungeon crawler but there are also side quests yeah it's like it has it's basically an it's not open world but it's like open world 2d game that is like a giant okay. map and sure. uh it's full of different like guilds you can join. It's very like it's kind of like Skyrim. There's like a thieves guild and uh, like a knights guild and things like that. And they all have their own side quests. And you can get you can join them all and do all different side quests and stuff. Uh, and the, the the map is very. It, it's kind of like uh, kind of like I don't know. I don't want to say Pokemon, but it's like there's secret like ways to get it. Secret ways to sneak into bushes and you find hidden items. Like I guess it's like a mix between Zelda or old Zelda and Pokemon. Uh, you, like you get a fairy that you find fairies that give you like man, mana on like extra boost in your mana and stuff like that. And uh, every section is kind of like Dark Souls, where it's like higher levels areas. 
that you can uh, that you can accidentally wander into, and then they're way higher than you. Um, and there's a bunch of dungeons you can travel into. Like one dungeon will say level thirty, one be like level twenty, one be like level ten, things like that. So you can you can approach them however you want. Every dungeon is unique, has their own like uh, different aspects to them. Like one of them like has mines everywhere. Another one like after you kill a monster, it shoots bones at you, and so it, it always keeps you on your toes. Um, it uh, I, as much as it's a very addicting game. Uh, as someone that loves Diablo and dungeon crawlers as, as a whole, uh, it's very addicting. But it is very repetitive. It is. Uh, that's the thing. I th- I think that's kind of the give and take. Is like the reason it's so addictive is because it has these. The, it's like progression system is based on quests that it gives you for each uh, class, each character, mm-hmm. and it sort of you know it's, it gives you these quests like uh, kill fifty enemies with this yeah. ability and so on and so forth, and and you know you complete those to level up, and it's kind of that kind of incremental progression that keeps giving you keeps rewarding you consistently over and over and over again that's why it's addicting yeah and that's what makes it kind of entertaining but i've I've heard it's like a like a cookie clicker kind of game like it's very simple but it's very addictive yeah yeah it's very simple i'd say that's accurate for sure i mean there's only four buttons you you you, you can uh once you unlock all the different moves and different forms and stuff. You you get to keep the forms. I mean, excuse me, keep the moves for for different forms. So if you're the knight, you could actually have the horse horses move if you want, or the rats move if you want. So you can mix and match all the powers once you unlock. Which them. is is strange. I haven't actually tried many com, com- uh, sorry combinations myself because I I just unlocked the ability to do that. But um, yeah, you can like the horses. Um... Wait, can can you? transfer like the the uh signature abilities to other characters yeah so you can uh like like you can have the rats poison attack you can have the mermaids like aqua aqua bubble you can have like uh the horses dash so you can mix and match like right but you can't you can't do the basic attacks you can't no you can't do their basic uh a button attack no which makes sense because the horse the one for the horse is like him just sort of kind of kicking kicking yeah, you have to stand behind. You have to have your character stand like away from them to kick them. So you can't like. So it, it. Which is a weird mechanic. Like the game is kind of filled with that kind of thing. That it's like it's not conventional, yeah. but it is fun because there's a button where you can stop yourself from turning around automatically when you move right. in a certain direction. So that, you can just it makes it easier. But it's like you have to turn around first and then sort of back up into them. And yeah, the aim- yeah, the aiming in this game is, is one of its weaknesses. Uh, like we play the archer build, and you have the uh, and you shoot uh, arrows at the enemies. It's really hard to aim, so it, it's kind of a, it's not really a good uh, it's not really a good form in my opinion. Like the archer, like when you get the mermaid when she shoots like rapid fire bubbles, that's much better because it's rapid fire. So even if you're not aiming right, you can still like fix your aim. I haven't quickly. unlocked the uh, the mermaid yet, but yeah, I've just been using the archer to like just cheese my way through uh dungeons and stuff just keeping it yeah. all the enemies arms it gets length. harder to because what happens in the dungeons you get like swarmed completely like the, like yeah. very much like diablo uh and there's the and this care there's bosses there's like enemies in there that have like uh elites like gold around their names and it's like they just swarm you completely and yeah the archer archer was great for me in the beginning but then it just kind of started wearing out it didn't work as well in later dungeons so how this game works is um 
the best way, the only way to level is 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 really uh, besides doing quests is is mixing matching the forms because every time you un- every time you unlock a new for a uh, new ability for the form you gain a level like an actual level and if, so if you don't mix and match your forms and change it up all the time you will not level up very well and you will you probably get stuck at some point I'd imagine hmm. so you have to use every different form. What do you think uh, of that? Is that a good thing or a bad thing for you? Uh, I like it. it. It keeps me on my toes, and I'm having fun with it. I think what happens though is once I get to B, like letter, because it goes up like every letter. Uh, yeah, it's like, like um, scores or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry. So like, once you get like B, I get the the requirements to level up get like really grindy. So that's when it kind of loses me a bit. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like I'm not leveling. I'm I'm not leveling. I don't feel like I'm leveling the forms anymore. As much as I was, I was locking them left and right, but now I'm just kind of like I'm stuck where I'm at. So I'm, now I'm sticking with like my best build for the hardest dungeons and stuff, uh, which I find myself using the mermaid a lot. And she's she's very creepy looking too. Like this animation in this game is very, it has like this Tim Burton esque and like animation. Yeah, to I, it. I love the art style. Yeah, I really like it too. It's um yeah, it's. God, I'm trying to think of what com- to compare it to. I don't. It reminds me of like I don't know like the gorillas art style where everybody has like mm, certain yeah. that like black eye, like holes as for eyes and things. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, um, that's, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I don't like I said, I'm only like three and a half hours in at most, so I haven't gotten too far. I, I it looks like I've unlocked maybe half of the classes. There's fifteen um, of them, from my understanding. Yeah, that tracks. I haven't tried. I haven't tried nine. the turtle yet. I've unlocked the turtle, but I haven't tried the turtle. What's the turtle like? Uh, he sh- for the, his first move is like he, he rolls around in his shell, obviously, and then he gets like a water gun attack where he just like blows people away with water. Oh, he's all right, the turtle. Uh, his the water gun moves is is probably is really helpful, and uh, I used I've mixed that with with other characters, uh, other forms, yeah. but really, um. The zombie one really is like OP because like if you you can bite enemies and when once you kill them you can uh, it turns the monsters into zombies that serve you uh, and then if you mix that with uh, the magicians like bunny and tiger ability where you can summon bunnies and tigers to fight for you you have like an army of zombies and tigers and bunnies so it's <laughs> you you can really like cheese a dungeon. Uh, there was one dungeon I was at that was like every time an enemy died, I kept shooting bones, and it was like a big explosion constantly. So it kept killing my zombies and bunnies constantly. And every time my bunnies died, it would summon more bones. So it was a constant like I had to like be patient and avoid that area. But in, uh, but other dungeons, I can imagine I'm gonna swarm those dungeons with the with that build. So the dun- the zombie one is kind of OP from my experience so far. Yeah. But now, yeah, does it, it does it have a story? Like, like I know, like you all said, there's a basic premise, but like, and some side quests. But like, does it have an overarching story between dungeons, or yeah, is it so just kind of? It's mm-hmm. basically you're saving the world as per the title, right? That's as much as I know, really. Um, you're literally okay. a, you're literally a nobody that's saving the world because the whole okay. the whole because the whole world is like getting attacked by monsters and it's got it's gotten like transformed like this fungus and stuff everywhere, uh, so. He kind of just like, stumbles onto getting a wand, like the the, the most powerful ma- uh, magician or wizard's wand. Yeah, that's and... the funny thing as well. Like the um, the guy who gets kidnapped, the 
most powerful magician or whatever, leaves his wand lying around for his apprentice, who's kind of an ass. Yeah. And uh, every oh, Mickey Mouse, right? And every yeah, and and every every time you make him, you make progress in the main story. uh, He gets he confronts you, his apprentice, and something always happens. I just I love the dialogue. He's like Team Team Rocket. I love the dialogue options though, because like right at the start, um, he's like. He asks you uh, if you took something when you take the wand, and like the dialogue prompt is like, "Should I tell him?" And the two options are no and yeah. hell no. He's a jerk. Uh, yeah. One of the funny things about this game is the dialogue options. It's like it's always like there's no two answers. It's always the same answer, just said two different ways. So instead of no, yeah. it's like nope or hell no or something like that. Yeah. So it's it's really funny. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like he has to save the world, and then like where I'm at, he has to collect shards and save the castles and yeah it's not like you know it's not like it's not really a story driven game yeah i think you're in it for, the gameplay is you're, the, you're in it for the abilities and the progression and and, yeah. and all that kind of thing yeah this game is definitely up my alley i really recommend it uh, i think do you, here's the thing that i'm sort of pondering early on because like you said it can get a bit repetitive so maybe later on i kind of sour on it a bit do you think this is the first game of the year contender? No. No? I mean, it might hover my top 10 for a little bit, but once we get the next month and Dying Light and Horizon and Sifu and Elden Ring and all them come out, it'll probably get overshadowed for me. But maybe it'll, maybe it'll be one of my games like in the bottom 10, like bottom 5 or something that hovers in there. But, I don't, I, but probably not. It, it, to me, it's like a solid 8 out of 10. It's not like it's not like uh, it's not Hades or or like no like, like that that kind of uh, iconic indie game, but I, I'm quite liking it. It's really good for sure. Um, no, it is expertly crafted, and it kind of it kind of it shows that that weird thing about art where you don't need a huge budget to make something that's entertaining, that's enjoyable. Because um, you know, I like I'd say this even is more fun than let's say a rainbow six extraction we will move as one we will think as one we will do whatever it takes as one coincidentally mitch has also been playing Mm. rainbow six extraction uh as quite a bit quite a bit but uh yeah mitch um what i want to know is what were you ex- how much were you expecting to enjoy this game before you went into it? Uh, um <laughs> I don't quite I've all right for background I've put in about 200 hours over the past 5 or so years into Siege. Rookie numbers. So those I've... are rookie numbers in this bracket. <laughs> you got pumped those um, up. on and off on and off. Um, so I, you know, and I recently just got back into Siege. So I've, you know, been having a lot of fun with, with that and the gameplay and the operators and everything. And really the, the way I was looking at it going in is that it's taking the gunplay and whatnot from Siege, which is, which I love, which is great. And it's adding in essentially what I always wanted from Siege, which was like a deeper 
type of progression with each operator. Um, I'll, you know, not, I'll, I'll get into what I mean another time, but essentially it took the gunplay and the progression and it combined them into a game, albeit where you're, you know, fighting alien monsters, which is probably the most un-Tom Clancy thing to ever have Tom Clancy in the name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I don't know. Look, I, I was expecting to have, you know, like some decent fun with it. Um, It looked like, it, maybe not an interesting premise, but like it just looked like a fun time. And I, I got to say, I'm having a fun time with it. When when it when it works uh, with, with other people, I must say, when it works yeah. with, with other people. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm um, also um, enjoying it more than I thought I would based on mm. impressions from other people. Uh yeah it is you can very much tell that this is built on the bones of another game like Mm. it feels like a glorified event for rainbow six siege which is essentially what it is yeah Um, with um but i mean i'll add in too i think the uh, the outbreak event which this is based on which came out in like oh god 20 18 was part of the reason why i initially bought into siege because like months ahead of time they like had this whole arg and were like teasing out um the existence of that event so i'm like all right i'm gonna hop on siege now so i can you know play that event which i did and it was very underwhelming but you know that's how it goes um but no i I feel like this is the culmination of that event despite it being four years later Um, yeah yeah. You, here's the thing. Do you think it warrants, like having played it now, do you think it warrants yeah. its own experience, its own game, its own price tag? Yeah. Yes and no. Because like that, they're, they're so different, but also so similar in a way. Like yeah. I, I can't imagine it. You know, like I can't imagine it. I mean, not only would for one, it would like inflate the actual, you know, hardware hard drive space allocation you need for siege by like a you know double but i because i it it, these games are two different types of tactical in a way in siege the tactics come from you know knowing your opponent knowing your enemy scouting out the area ahead of time sort of understanding okay they're playing this operator which means they're playing you know, they might be playing for this tactic and they're playing on this map, so here are all the entry and, um, you know, breach points, yada, yada, yada. With um, Extraction, the tactics come from, okay, which operator are we bringing into the field? Because, like, you know, they give you what objectives and missions you're doing ahead of time. So it's like, okay, what, you know, operators are we choosing? Making sure that we have um, a good, you know, team roster and that we're not all just picking the same role. Otherwise, you know, that'd be kind of um, boring and not helpful at all. Um, and it's a much slower game than I was exper- than I was expecting going yeah, in because in you, you very can't stealth go... dependent. Yeah, you, like, if you... Um, I guess this is, like, one of the small criticisms I have for the game, but it's, like, I haven't touched operators like Sledge and Doc and Pulse, I think, yet, because their starting weapons are shotguns, and I just know that that's a death wish <laughs> for anyone involved. Um, I, I've actually the, done a couple of shotguns, and they're not bad. They're um, not, like, the, they play fine, but the issue is that you're breaking when you're stealth, trying to be... Yeah. yeah, you're breaking stealth the moment you shoot it. 
Um, yeah, which I, I mean, I I will admit when I yeah. played those characters, I kind of defaulted on the pistol for at least the the yeah. opening. The, yeah, the exactly. thing is, the thing is though, uh, if you're playing online and you don't have anyone you know to play with and can communicate, mm. uh, so I I wrote down here in my notes initially, um, that teammates are sometimes. Uh, very stupid and get you killed and i quickly changed that to uh, teammates are most of the time very stupid <laughs> and get you killed because yeah i had more than a couple games uh before i inevitably started playing offline solo um oh where, okay you, where yeah. i had like i had teammates running in getting themselves killed and then subsequently getting me killed when i went to try and save them um mm. and you know i had teammates so one of the objectives in the game is you have to there's a kind of infected like a special kind of infected that you have to extract you have to get it to the extraction zone and kind of trap it um but you can also kill it you're not supposed to kill it for the objective but you can also kill it and guess what the first thing most (laughs) of my teammates did was they shot the shit out of that thing (laughs) and yeah that's I think that's you know I eventually reached a breaking point and I said you know what I'm just going to play this by myself, no yep. teammates, just solo. And I think I was having more fun when I did. Um, I can I can get that, honestly. I think, I mean, I've, I will say that my very first match ended horrifically, like with everyone dying, everyone getting killed, like not even lasting past the second objective. And I'm like, oh God, like, you know, like if this is what every match is going to be then um, i don't think i'm going to have much fun with this but no thankfully majority of the matches i've played have been with at least semi-competent teammates like they you know i think um they tend to break stealth pretty quickly and they're, they're not good at stealth and when um you know when some of your objectives are like okay you have to stealthily take down x amount of em- enemies or whatever it kind of falls flat on its face obviously and it just makes things a hell of a lot harder um but you know like in the times when it has worked it it's worked really well um and you know like the, you'd have matches where you come out like you extract and you're you know completely unharmed like have full health and you can just you know drop um drop right into the next mission which I don't know. It seems like I've had a much better time with public matchmaking than you have, James. You must have done. Um, but the nice thing as well, beyond that, I think, of playing mm. by yourself, and the, you know, the fact is the game allows you to play by yourself, and yeah, it's not putting you at too much of a disadvantage. And I think the nice thing about doing it by yourself, you can kind of take it at your own pace. You know, when mm. you've got teammates, you know, you can't control them. They're running in. You know they're uh, doing all the objectives. If you like, if you're going slow behind them, they're gonna run in and do all the objectives without you, and they're gonna yeah. potentially, probably alert enemies. Um, if you're playing by yourself, you can just take it at your own pace. You can scout the area, yeah. throw in a drone, look around, and just you know, play carefully, play cautiously. Yeah, and exactly. that can exactly. be more fun, uh, in my mind, in a lot. Yeah, of ways. no. I- I I definitely think that I know. Um, so one one thing that this game has in that's tied to its progression is these things called studies, which are like sort of mini objectives that you complete every um rent match or something. A lot of them is like at least in the like the first 
zone of New York are very easy. It's literally just kill three enemies or kill three enemies with headshots or stealth take down them or something. Um, once you get into like the the later and more difficult areas like San Francisco, they they get a lot harder. Like I know one I'm stuck on at the moment is that I have to take down those um those those bloaters or um exploding enemies, yeah. which. <sighs> Which look eerily familiar to the enemies from Devil May Cry Five. Uh, <laughs> I will say, but it's, sorry, yeah, no, it like every time I'm like, okay, I'm going to go in for a stealth takedown. Some freaking idiot just comes in, and starts shooting up the place, and like completely disrupts stealth. And I'm like, son of a bitch! Like yeah. I've, I've probably. I've probably put, played like five to ten matches in the San Francisco area, and I've only got a one stealth takedown on them. So. And the the thing as well, because of the way the game works, when you are playing with uh, with teammates and they run in recklessly, and the mission fails because you know mm. you've got to go and save them and that kind of thing, they've alerted all the enemies, yeah. uh, and you run into a death trap. Essentially, it's not just a matter of okay, well, we lost you know let's go and try again um you know mm. when you if, when everyone dies your operator goes mia so you yeah. have to then go in ag- again and extract them which is yeah. it's it's good and bad because on the one hand it's like it puts more power in the hands of your teammates to mess you up but on the other hand like i, I love it as a mechanic i think it's really cool really unique how yeah, you have to yeah. like, you have this constant rotation of characters that you have to play as because you're waiting for them to heal up between matches mm. and you know you need to go and rescue them and it kind of throws a spanner in the works and you know of the game and keeps things interesting almost yeah exactly exactly i think um like at first i was a bit cautious about it because i'm like because like it, it's that risk reward thing because like it very much punishes you um, if you have a bad team that gets you killed, like, and sometimes it feels unfair, but a lot of the time, like, you know, if, if an operator dies, I, you know, I feel like, okay, hey, that was probably on me for, like, rushing into an area or something. Um, like, I know San Francisco especially, like, once the, essentially with each area, it gets harder and harder. Um, it gets... You know, like, it gets harder to conserve health and ammo, of course, but I think as that increases too, so the the enemies become more bullet spongy, in, in a way. I, I don't know how to describe it, but, like, essentially you have, instead of just going from the grunts, you now have ones that, like, have, like, a bucket load of health and also just start shooting, like, rapid-fire machine guns and stuff at, or energy machine guns and stuff at you, and it becomes less tact- tactical Rainbow Six Siege and more... Uh, Call of Duty, if, if I dare to yeah. bring up its name. Um, in a, in yeah, a lot of ways, I, I... in a lot of ways, though, I think that pacing helps because I think I would be bored of this game very quickly if I was just doing stealth the kind of the whole time and things never went yeah. wrong. Um, yeah. So you know, I but you know, when it comes to as well, I do want to mention when it comes to the story. Um, because there is a story in this more than there is in Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, it's so I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's so self-serious. 
it, it <laughs> takes itself it takes itself so seriously and like yeah sure okay but it, it's a game about aliens and parasites mm. and and you know it's um you know yeah no i like i i i i don't even pay attention to the story like i i like that it's there but when i realized that all the story would be is just 15 second cutscenes every time you unlock a new area or something or reach a certain milestone i kind of lost i kind of knew okay yeah that's not the focus of this game so so there are aliens in in rainbow siege extraction yeah that's the whole yeah. point that, that's the wow. simple point of it yeah it's so weird it's uh... <laughs> i always thought they were like i always thought they were like serious like war games they no, are no, supposed they're, they're... to be um <laughs> i mean yes yeah. they've kind of evolved or devolved uh, depends how you look at it i um, yeah i look i i don't ha- hold much respect for tom clancy as a person but i definitely feel for him in the sense that you know like his his pride and joy almost like one of the series that he um essentially you know created with the explicit purpose of hey you know i don't want this to get too loony or you know silly turns into a loony and silly. fps loony and silly but also very self-serious game about fighting aliens that have taken over the world that are also possibly extra dimensional um i mean the game opens with like this super dramatic speech yeah. about how oh there's an alien invasion and we have to fight back and etc etc uh <laughs> and, you know i'm just kind of like how you've got like how i i, I ne- like you're on a boat i've, I've never like if, if we're gonna take this story seriously i never got a sense of the actual threat because like they essentially because how they set up each, like, mission area is that they've essentially contained a certain, like, say, a building or, like, a like um, like um a Times Square or something. Probably not Times Square, but, like, an area. And they've essentially, they've contained it. They've built up quarantine walls and stations and everything. So, like, they have a certain level of control already over how the aliens operate. So, like... Is it just like a certain number of them that are trapped in those areas, or are they all in those areas? Because if so, then like, what what's stopping them from just like, you know, shutting them off completely and letting everyone slowly go back to normalcy? Um, they they don't really explain much of the story at all. It's just aliens have invaded. We've set up these areas. Go in, shoot things, get out. Yeah, but that's that's not the focus, uh, of course. Um, yeah, look, I, I think really I'm having a lot of fun. I'm worried about going into some of like the end game activities where instead of like three objectives, you have nine. Um, I think they call it the Maelstrom Protocol, and that's like essentially the ranked mode that they have in this game. But I'm excited to see where how that goes how the progression goes in the end game as well as what's going to come out in the future because what one of the few things that ubisoft does legitimately well is support is supporting their games um especially like i I think siege especially is sort of like the the pedestal for that where they essentially turned a game that was you know so so when it launched to one of the biggest and best multiplayer shooters you know like of our time um so I'm, i'm interested to see where it goes really absolutely um 
Also, one more thing I want to mention before mm-hmm. we move on is the menu music slaps hard. Mm. It's very good. The the menus and sort of that whole UI design is very good. It's it, it's yeah, very good. Uh, the game in general uh, kind of gives me more hope for Overwatch Two. Because it's the same kind of deal. Odd, <laughs> odd. <laughs> um, well, no, because it is. It, okay. This is this is essentially uh, over what what um, this to Rainbow Six Siege is what Overwatch Two is to Overwatch. You know, like they're add. It's like uh, you know, yeah, they're adding okay. a PVE I mode. Get you. I get you. And it's yeah. a you know the first game is exclusively PVP. Um, mm. And it feels like here they very much sidestepped the issue. Of you know when we mm. do events in these PvP games uh, that are yeah. PVE based, the 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 gameplay never feels like it's made for PVE. It always feels very hollow, mechanics yeah. wise. Um, and they've definitely kind of sidestepped that here with this game, um, which gives me more hope that they can do that with Overwatch too, and that'll be a better experience in the same way. Um, no. I, I don't want to speak too soon, y'all, but I do think we should uh, <clears throat> extract ourselves from this conversation onto a nice uh, community question that we got from uh, a previous week. Thank you. Seb I also had the same idea, but I all I was originally thinking it before he said anything. Um, just want to point that out. Uh, we did get a wonderful question, community question, from Bob Buell, a uh, famous Windjammer 2 player, everybody. Windjammer 2 did yeah. just come out. Um, so congratulations, Bob Buell, on your victory at life, I do believe. Yeah. Uh, Bob had a community question for us uh, a couple weeks ago, and we are going to wing this uh, for the sake of comedy and not because mm-hmm. we were prepared. Um, he yeah. says, you are now in an RPG, and you have to make your weapon, armor, and specialty magic item out of items directly around you while you are recording what is your class and what is your inventory now i know we're all doing a podcast so i'm gonna guess there's a lot of tech around all all of us well check this out this is easy for me right okay all right bear with me what i have here yeah this will be my armor yeah is the uh the 2019 call of duty modern warfare collector's edition Night vision goggles. <laughs> <laughs> That's so absurdly specific. I mean, That's so the collector's specific. edition. <laughs> Don't judge me. Do not judging. judge me. I'm judging you judging. harshly. Um, Given what our next uh, next segment is, oh, I'm God. judging you yeah. harshly. Uh, but um, yeah, I so I mean, I, I've got like a lot of uh, books around me. I've got my laptop. My laptop would probably be my armor. Um, I've got like a, you know, some some markers around me, so maybe I'd use those markers as like weapons. Um, draw, draw a nice little um sort of pattern on the yeah. Draw like a like a really weapons. unflattering pattern on their face, and they will just run away yeah. horrified. Yeah, um, uh, I'm definitely a bard because my, my setup. I have I basically have a rave in my room every night. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. I actually have more armor uh, as well. Oh. <laughs> the uh, oh Ghost of Tsushima Collector's Edition. I have uh, a Dragon Ball mask. This is thing that's, that's good. Yeah, you could just like I shoot it out of a cannon and hit someone like right in the forehead. Yeah, just throw so. it at you. Yeah. See, this yeah. Is where, um, this oh, is where oh, this I have my dice. I have my dice. I would just throw like a bunch of dice at someone, and like they would have to step on D4s. D4s are so pointy. Oh my god! But this is where um, uh, this I've, is where Bob's I've, question kind of falls apart because he's expecting us to oh. use like staplers and stuff. 
Um, but I've, I'm sitting here with a shelf of collector's editions. I've I've got um literal shelves of Funko Pops just I around just the corner con- there. I'll have, I just so have I'll, I'll probably just have to just. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'll probably just have to use the Funko Pop boxes and I've, just sort of assemble myself a Chief's, uh, cardboard blade. armor. Look how sharp this D4 is. This could cut you. Like a Master Chief's blade. Maybe <laughs> this could kill a man. This could kill a man. I don't know if I have anything that I could use. as. I have a guitar over there I could use as a weapon, I suppose. I got my Switch. Um, I have a golf club somewhere. That's a pretty yeah, good weapon, as we've learned. I don't, I don't think there's games. any video game you would be able to use a golf club as a weapon, James. But anyway, I got deodorant. <laughs> if, if you combine that oh, with a lighter, oh, oh. I got yeah. There you go. Uh, I got spray. I mean, for you in the eye with my I, lens cleaner. Hey, I've got good. like I a D and D battle map. I can whack some. I've with. got. I've got two two deodorant cans and I've got uh, some rum right over there. So wow. probably I rum. Don't that's know, your uh, uh, magic item. That's <laughs> that's your potion. Yeah. But uh, generally, in, in a RPG though, I usually play like a, I always like playing a range character. So I always play like yeah. an archer or a mage or something. Yeah. Yeah. Usually so I'm I... pretty ranged as well. I mean, unless yeah. unless it's sniping specifically, I'm not super good at that. And I'll, then I'll get in close, but yeah. yeah. What I could use as a weapon also is I have these novelty uh, Assassin's Creed playing cards. <laughs> Y'all, I swear, Why? for the audio listeners, he's not bullshitting. Like, he literally has the last three things that he said, and he wasn't prepping for this, so. Yeah. But, uh, I, when I play, when I play uh, an RPG, I don't, I don't like playing it. I, don't, I never like being the tank that just runs in and takes all the damage. Uh, I like being the healer or the... Or the damage dealer from the distance. Mm. The best part is I've also got a tissue box, so once I kill you, I can just clean up the mess. Nice. But anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's all all our answers for you, Bob. But I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, we um yeah. we're we're very skilled at this, as you can yeah, obviously. I'm just trying to yeah. think of what my magic item would be. At. That is a tough one for me. Um, what's the what's the Captain Jack meme? Oh, I would have laughed if somebody actually pulled out like our actual like gun. Like, oh, I actually have this. <laughs> I'm actually armed. I, I, <laughs> just like I have this from, from the big bow. Destroy the whole topic. Sh- I'm actually armed. I'm actually. <laughs> I, I, I actually have a antique samurai sword right here. Um, RPG yeah. cut from. Yeah, we're getting serious from, on this podcast. Uh, God himself. That that's all I have. I don't know. <laughs> nice. That's right. The kingdom God. of God is within me at all times. <laughs> Therefore, I will use the power of God against my enemies. I so fuck with me. I've got God and anime in my side. That's right. I've got the power of God and anime on my side. Yeah. Speaking, speaking yeah. of God, do you know who has more money than God? Oh, here we go. Good transition. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Microsoft. I was going to say Bobby Kotick, but that also... I was Bobby also going to say Bobby Kotick, well. but, but no, that's that's correct, Microsoft. I mean, Bobby Kotick probably thinks of, thinks of himself on the same level or greater than God. He sure anyways. does, yeah. So, uh, uh, he does. Yeah. Y'all um, strap in. This is going to be this is going to be a big one. This is going to be a big one. This is going to be a long one. So basically, if you've been living under a rock for the last week and you somehow haven't heard, let me break it down for you. So basically... What was it on Tuesday? It was. It was. It was like on it Tuesday. On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday afternoon, right? I was sitting on my couch, just enjoying the day. I look up at my phone, and I, you know, I see a tweet. Wall Street Journal says 
that Microsoft is going to buy Activision Blizzard? And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's cool. I'll believe it when yeah. I see it. And then like 10 minutes later, they did it. Like they actually did. They said, hey, we're going to, we're buying Activision for just shy of $69 billion. Um, which is, according to CNBC, thank you for giving me my statistics here, Seb. Um, according to CNBC is the richest US tech deal in history. Certainly the biggest video games acquisition in it, history. Yeah. Nothing what even was, comes um, close to it. What was the last big um, Ma- acquisition that happened to the gaming? And how much was that for? Was that eight for billion. Like, eight billion. Uh, only eight. And if you remember, only. like we were all saying at the time, you know, oh. Jesus Christ, eight billion dollars? No way. That's crazy money. And then Phil was like, hey, hold my beer. Yeah. Hey, hold so, my game pass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's still, it's not final yet. The deal's apparently going through in, what was it, June or July 2023? It's it's really funny because it- <laughs> when, I, when I woke up and I was checking my phone, the, one of the first things I was on was our meme channel. And so I looked at the memes and I was very confused because James was posting about the acquisition. And I was like, what, what does this mean? What's going on? And then I looked mm. at the news and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, wh- I, yeah. I went to sleep and I woke up and the fucking Microsoft was buying Activision Blizzard. I was like, so when, when I posted shit. Phil Spencer's shopping list, you know, eggs, bacon, milk, Activision Blizzard, etc. Yeah. You you had no idea. You thought, you were yeah, like, I was hell? so confused. I was like, wait, what? What does that mean? Mm. Like, did, <laughs> did something happen? So I went to news immediately. But yeah, it was a very confusing experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I was teaching, and my co-teacher mentioned, "Oh, did you know Activision bought? I mean, Microsoft bought Activision." I was like, "What?" And it distracted me the entire class. I was because I, I had to teach, <laughs> so I couldn't stop what I was doing. I would have been like, like, stop bullshit. No, I was like, go do your work. <laughs> just, just... Uh, no, I told him to go do your work, and I, and I sat down and looked at Twitter really quick. <laughs> go do your work. Just, thank just, God I, just, I had a planning period right seven after. The, seven in the corner, just having an existential crisis. And That's me in the, the corner. Why not? It was a crisis. It didn't bother me that way. Yeah, I was just shocked. Uh, Eric said yeah. in the chat as well, wasn't Star Wars only $5 billion? That sounds about right. Wasn't it 4 or $5 billion for Star Wars? Billion, I believe. Yeah. It was 4 yeah. But that's then it's, again. It's that's kind one, of it, that may be Star Wars, kind, but that's also just one IP. So at, this is several IPs. It, it, it's also I mean, IPs. I guess Call Star Wars special. makes sense because, like, it you know when Disney bought Star Wars. Well, did they buy Star Wars or did they buy Lucasfilm? I think they I, bought I, Star Wars specifically, but I could be wrong. I, I I feel like they also bought Lucasfilm, but I might be wrong. They, they might have. Um, I doubt Lucasfilm was worth yeah, that much. They they did buy Lucasfilm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. But e- either way, like it, it's insane that because I mean, like I feel like at this stage, Call of Duty is the main proponent for the Activision Blizzard, like sort of money. That's the main. Well, they've got all their yeah, fucking yeah. Which is funny because it's it's the so. it's the franchise on that list that I could probably care the least about, or at least it's up there. <laughs> I want to get. I actually want to get into that in a little bit, but yeah, uh, for now. Uh, just some more information. Uh, Game Pass, they also announced, has reached 25 million subscribers, um, which 
a year ago they had said it was 18 million so that's a huge huge year very well year very increase. well deserved i literally i mean i don't even use my game pass every month but i still feel like i have to have keep it su- subscribed because they yeah. just have yeah. such great releases and my my uh the games i want to play are like so good and i like i do want to play them i just can't make time for it both yeah. of the games that we gave impressions on in this show i played on game pass and I That's wouldn't right. touch yep. either of them if they weren't on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. That sounds so, about right. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch Rainbow Six Extraction even if it was on Game Pass. Yeah, <laughs> even if yeah, someone same, paid same you to play it. Um, even if they paid me. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, yeah, also Sony's share uh, price dropped twelve percent in Tokyo on Wednesday, the following day, uh, according to CNBC. Uh, which mm. is their worst stock plunge since 2008. So they lost yeah. $20 billion I, I just want to agree with one of the analysts in that article that I do think the people in Japan and, and, and the market in general are, are overreacting. We still, A, yeah. don't know what's going to happen because of this. B, it might not even go through because of antitrust stuff. C, all sorts of things could happen. D, like, uh, you know, other people could start a bit more unlikely, but it could happen. Um, yeah, well, it's just there, there's all sorts of contingencies. I, I don't think that obviously I'm not any kind of economist or marketing expert, but I agree with them who are the yeah. it, who comment in that article saying that this is an overreaction. Like yeah, Sony's not that. going anywhere. Yeah, the market tends mm-hmm. to overreact on these yeah. big purchases. Sony stock will go back up. It's uh, yeah, everybody. A lot of people panicked and, and sold their stock. Uh, Sony on their Sony stock. Uh, yeah. It, it, I feel like a lot of people overblew, like a lot of console warriors overblew this statistic and use it as like, uh, as like evidence that Sony's about to die in three years or something. Like, like no. again, like uh, you know, Sony's only thirty percent of what Sony makes is through video games, and that the amount yeah. that they make, even in that thirty percent, is astronomical. But that's yeah. only thirty percent. The, the other seventy percent is totally unrelated, or at least yeah, somewhat Sony, unrelated. Sony's still bigger than Microsoft in terms of like yeah. gaming. Like them and Tencent are the two. Biggest. Even with this acquisition, Microsoft yeah. is still only. And it's not like it's not a console war thing. Like I don't care who wins; they're all billionaires, whatever. Right, but like exactly. I just don't want people thinking like, oh, Sony's gonna die now. They've lost the console war. It's like no, no they have happen they're not so many reasons they're not gonna die at all they're too big of a brand but but there aren't they are not they're not gonna say they're in trouble but they are like they can't like sit back and just yeah this is a huge move they can't they can't bethesda's one thing like bethesda always had a great relationship with xbox like a lot of their games a lot of people associated with xbox for a long time but the biggest problem for sony is that they lost call of duty well we don't know that yet but he's the reason Phil Spencer has to be very vague about this is if he says that yes, it's coming to Game Pass only, and PlayStation won't get it, that viol- that that point it starts violating antitrust. Cause, yeah, Because yeah. Sony has a lot of marketing deals and all that, so he can't. So Phil Spencer's very vague. Uh, James, you might as well just say what Phil Spencer said about this. Yeah. So uh, what he said, quote. I'll just say to players out there who are playing Activision Blizzard games on Sony's platform. Uh, it's not our intent to pull communities away from that platform, and we remain committed to that. End quote. So the media has a lot of hot takes, and everybody's just speculating. I, this is why I don't take. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I care for a lot of these gaming personalities on Twitter and stuff because they're all because they they say it like Phil Spencer told them personally, told them <laughs> personally, and it's like no, they're just speculating. We don't know. He's he's being Phil, ambiguous I, for a reason because he can't say, oh yeah, it's gonna be on Game Pass. 
Yeah, there's because, quite a, yeah, I think he there's can't a, be like, hey, motherfuckers, it's only yeah, on Xbox and Game Pass. Like, yeah. what's the fuck up? Because then I guess it's the antitrust, because then the government can be like, oh, wait a minute, you're screwing a lot of people yeah. over there's, here. There's a division yeah. on this topic. So this gets into, let's let's just talk about Call of Duty here. So, yeah, you know, it would be huge uh, for Microsoft and terrible for Sony if they pulled Call of Duty, made Xbox exclusive, I yeah, personally, I don't the, there are there happening. are pros and cons because it's a multiplayer game. It, it, you know, it thrives on having a large player base, which you know you're ripping away like half of its player base by ripping it off of PlayStation. I think it's, I think it's isn't like seventy percent of the player base is on sure, PlayStation. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, so, it wouldn't surprise me at the moment because like Sony have like exclusive deal or had exclusive deals with Activision in place where they'd get like their own unique content and stuff for a year. I suppose, they, but so. but even then though, it's like well, I, I guess it, it, it's hard to judge Microsoft on like traditional standards because yeah, Microsoft Microsoft doesn't think of themselves as Xbox; they think of themselves as an ecosystem with PC and yeah. mobile gaming. So it's kind of hard to exactly. put that in word, but but taking away that from playstation users it would be a lot like it'd be a huge money loser for microsoft i mean don't get me wrong it would make a huge boost for game pass and they'd make a lot of money but i feel like they make a lot more money if they left it on playstation and sold it and then sold it for 70 dollars and then left it on game pass for xbox users and you get double the profit yeah, yeah. But like, I, I if they do the minecraft I, route with that but i, I don't know i i, I it, it's just i'll play it no matter what the levels of money that we are talking here is unfathomable. Like Seb is saying stuff like, well, they would lose a lot of money here and they would gain a lot of money here. I mean, the keyword doing a lot of lifting in that sentence is a lot of, uh, because it's mm. just unfathomable to think about how much money these companies are playing with $69 billion. And like, they, they're like comparing it to like, oh, it's only marginally different than $67 billion. And I'm like, what does that even mean, marginally? That's a $2 billion difference. I'm never even going to see a million in my life. We we're in uncharted territory. Like I said, like we're hitting like next God, five years. It's going to be so different. <laughs> it's going to be so different in five yeah. years. Because like, I worry – because I'm not one that's like Monopoly and Microsoft's taking over and I'm scared of it. It's, what it worries me is it sets a precedent of like Apple and Amazon and – 10 cents start getting involved and then we start co- we're consolidating the whole industry it's too yeah, many that, companies I, I, buying I like other companies that does, too many companies. i feel like it'll 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 start to turn bad when i think other companies which i i don't see sony going into right away but when other here, companies my, like feel the need my, to like, compete with the monopoly in a way yeah, um but I mean, yeah yeah well, what were you saying? Yeah, here's my here's my three things that I would love to see happen from this deal that would make me feel slightly better about it. One, Kotick and whoever else is involved in that whole shit is immediately fired or or relieved or transferred or whatever. We'll get into well, that yeah. stuff. Uh, and number yeah. number number two, that all of the all the stuff still play at least most of it still stays on PlayStation. Then I'm less worried about Monopoly stuff. And then yeah. uh, the third stuff is that they take teams like toys for bob or vicarious visions and they put them back on the properties that they actually want to work on not call of duty but yeah those are yes. my three things so I'd here, love to see happen. we have various benefits and so the, you know the, the cons are the whole monopoly thing so you've got like it does it does scare me the proposition of these other tech companies coming into gaming and changing the landscape and stuff that worries me hmm. the reason that like i, I was excited by this news 
Uh, not just from a standpoint of like, wow, this is big news. I mean, because I was excited from like, from that standpoint, but also the fact that Activision is up shit's creek. It's mm. not in a good place at yeah. the moment in multiple different ways, like in terms of how it treats yeah. its employees, how it handles the current situation with uh, its employees, on all fronts, uh, how yeah, thought, it's, yeah. you know. How it's handling its studios, its games. It's, it's possibly worse than EA and Ubisoft combined. And Not that possibly. Is it, I'd say it, it was well worse. But here's the thing. Yeah. As well, like, but let's think of the opportunities here. Think of, like, okay, maybe it's not going to be like as soon as this deal is done, everything is fixed. But I put way more stock in Phil Spencer and the team at Microsoft caring more about the employees and wanting mm. being more proactive about change fixing those issues and I also put more stock in them like listen Activision's been doing the same shit with their games for years and years now with no signs of changing whatever makes the most money that's pretty much Kotick's yeah. motto over there right yeah with Activision I think we have an opportunity here for something that I never imagined would ever happen. And I think Mitch is besides, I think Mitch and I are the biggest Call of Duty fans here. Uh, so fans. I, I, play, fans. I, only play the, yeah. I only play the campaign. So yeah. the, the thing that excites me about this in terms of the games, Call of Duty has been like just a, a, a manufactured product. For years yeah. and years. Let's bring out a new game every year. Let's do the same thing every single it's, year. It's, it, it feels like an opportunity here for them to take a step back and say, mm. you know, let's just stop making this an annually released product because it doesn't make sense anymore for this to be an annually released product. Let's yeah. stop that in its tracks. Let's reassess what this franchise is. Let's maybe do something fresh with it. Let's give the teams more creative freedom. Let's actually do something with this franchise because the name if you take a year off it's you, you come back it's still called you you can change the game and do something fresh with it it's still called you people still buy it. it it's kind of amazing how because like in in 2019 when modern warfare came out people were like this is a new beginning or a new era for call of duty you know like it's actually it plays at a decent quality. It's not like it doesn't feel like um, Activision is still, you know, three or four years behind in terms of graphics and gameplay and whatnot. But then we're at a stage now where after Black Ops Cold War and Vanguard, where like they're essentially just using the same, like it, it's essentially an asset flip each year. Uh -huh. And I mean, like you, it's obviously because a part of it is revolved around Warzone, which is their big... I mean, I don't even know if Warzone is the big moneymaker anymore or if it's, like, any I think it's still fairly game. popular. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's, popular. It's, it's, it's popular, but I, I, like, I, I mean, maybe it's just the circles I'm hanging out in, but, like, I just don't see as many people playing Warzone You, did, you anymore. do hang on very sus circles, Mitch. I know that for <laughs> a fact. Thank you. So. Thank you, Dory. Thank you, Dory. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but... I, yeah, I, I don't even know. Like, it, it feels like an asset flip each year, and, like, general audiences especially are starting to catch on to the fact that Activision are increasingly getting 
I, I don't know if I want to say lazy. Or, well, that's the thing. They're, the, the, well, they're the quality's going rushed. down. Yearly right? releases yeah. for this yeah. franchise don't make sense anymore. It feels like they're treading water at this point, trying to keep it, up with this ridiculous schedule. Yeah, it hasn't made sense for years. This, um, this is the same issue that Ubisoft had with Assassin's Creed, right? And I and I know that they're still getting mixed reception, and I'm not a fan of Ubisoft. And also, I checked out uh, of uh, the series after Black Flag. But, like, you know, honestly, I mean, Odyssey, Origins... I think Odyssey and Origins were both years apart, weren't they? And Valhalla? But Odyssey anyway. and Origins came out, uh, I think, a year after each other. But then yeah, it was like okay. A, a year but it's Valhalla that. that was a couple of years. But yeah, I mean, I yeah. know Valhalla still didn't get most, like, completely positive reviews. But I mean, I definitely remember seeing at least some people saying, yeah, like, them taking more time definitely helped. It's, kind of, it, 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 it's kind of funny in Odyssey's case because... Like in many ways, it's near nearly identical to Origins. Yeah. Um, there's like so many similarities. Like it's it, it's kind of like it's probably the closest thing Ubisoft has had to like um like an asset flip type game with Call of Duty and Activision. But Odyssey was actually, I mean, you know, d- despite some fans' opinions, Odyssey was actually in some ways a major improvement over Origins, its predecessor. Um, which, you, you know, it, it is kind of a testament to how the fact that the Odyssey team had been working on it since 2015, I think, since um, whenever Syndicate came out. So they had three years, and so did the Origins team, I think, who worked on Black Flag. Um, gotcha. Like, they, you know, like, they were still... I, they were still like had only like had three to four years to work on it, but the quality that came through is you could tell with Call of Duty now. Like even though, because the whole thing before is because like we had three studios: it was Sledgehammer, Infinity War, and Treyarch. Oh, Treyarch. Raven, that, that's where it gets complicated. Raven is so, a support like, it, studio essentially, but they made the okay. campaign for Black Ops Cold War. Yeah. yeah, and we'll talk about Raven and later. yeah, but it's like so essentially, like I, I think up until about 2018, 2019, um, you had that three studio schedule where it's like okay, you'd have Treyarch, then Infinity Ward, then Sledgehammer, whatever order it was in, and then essentially in between, then each studio would be working on their own new game and they'd have three years to work on it. Ever since about 2018, 2019, it's just kind of like that whole schedule has just kind of of gone out of order and it's been a mess. Like, I, I think 2020 was supposed to be Sledgehammer's year. So, like, if we went by the order, Vanguard would have released in 2020 and then Cold War would have released in 2021 but something happened so they swapped that schedule around and then they've also got Treyarch working on Sledgehammer's game and Infinity Ward working on Treyarch's game and like all the studios kind of spread across each other and that's not even mentioning any of the support studios that they've got working on them now. High Moon, Toys for Bob, Beanox, all of that. Vicarious. Yeah, uh, and no, it's I, like actually, Vicarious has gone to Blizzard, but that's a whole. Oh right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, like it, 
instead of becoming their own unique identities, they've just be kind of become one primordial soup of Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's, it's like, that's the thing as well. When, when it used to just be Treyarch and Infinity Ward on this rotation mm. year after year. Yeah. Uh, when they when they introduced Sledgehammer to that, and it was a three year cycle rather than a two year cycle, I remember yeah. think I remember thinking, you know, wow, okay, this this could be a turning point. We could like they've got more development time now. We could start mm. seeing some pressure stuff coming from these games, and yeah. I, I I thought that same thing as well when. Uh, Modern Warfare, the reboot came out, like you said, and it was like a new engine yeah. and everything. Um, but I think both times in the back of my mind, I was kind of thinking, yeah, but what do you really expect? You know, what do you it, really think anything's going to change? It's, it, it, I, you know, it takes it takes a studio like Activision, led by Bobby Kotick, to you know use a brand new engine that was like felt truly next gen, and somehow become even lazier with it yeah so here's the thing (laughs) (laughs) with with this microsoft thing this is the first time that i've genuinely i think felt truly excited for the possibilities um like they could really no like because it's new leadership at the very highest level so i I really i really genuinely believe that what could come out of this is just a, a switch being flipped for the franchise mm-hmm. and saying, okay, this is no longer a yearly released uh, IP. We're going to take a step back and we're actually going to make these games good and fun. And we're going to bring them back to what they used to be, you know, when they used yeah. to, because the, the whole reason for the series success is the risk they took with Call of Duty 4, where they, you know, they set yeah. it in a modern setting when every shooter was set in World War II at the time. And they were like, you know, we want to try this. And you know they got pushback, but they they did it, and that's you know it was a huge success, and that's why the franchise mm. is as popular as it is today. So, yeah. like that's the it, we're, it feels like we're gonna maybe get back to that risk taking. You maybe know, cause we should um maybe we should talk about different IPs though. We should, we should, because it's Call the same. Call of Duty doesn't it's the same just thing. Exist, isn't the only one. Well, well that's, before, that's, yeah. the, the thing is, it all call- comes. It, yeah. it all comes back to Call of Duty as yeah. well, though. Yeah. Well, Call of Duty Vanguard was a big disappointment to a lot of people, but it was still the highest selling game on PlayStation Five. Yeah. So that's why they, that's why they do an annual release because why not? Yeah, exactly. But mm-hmm. that's why I think like maybe we'll see some change here. But the, the 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 problem is all comes back to Call of Duty. So you know we can talk about the different IPs that they own, including Crash Bandicoot, Spyro the Dragon, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Guitar Hero, uh, Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, Hearthstone, Starcraft, Heroes of the Storm. And I'd like a lot of these are sitting dormant. Like Activision's been hoarding IPs for years and years. But the other thing that I'm excited about is the fact that there's kind of been this culture creep uh, that everyone's been talking about where Blizzard's identity has kind of been getting absorbed into Activision. Uh, mm. And, you know, they've been getting in- overly influenced by Activision and they've been losing, like, that sort of Blizzard magic that everyone always used to talk about. Um, 
Blizzard was the uh, crown jewel of the industry. Yeah. They were the gamers developer. They were the ones that never did anything wrong. Everybody universally loved. Never had a problem mm. with them. Uh, so I, I think we could talk about the IPs, but we could also talk about the fact that, you know, all these developers that have been forced to support Call of Duty can now possibly, potentially, go and make other things. Make well, their already, own things. Phil already said he wants to bring Guitar Hero back. And I... I That'd be awesome. I would love to play Guitar Hero again. That's a franchise that needs to come back. I mean, it, what yeah, happened great. was Activision over like just buried it to the ground because they just released so many of them all the time. Yeah. Now that it's been a long time, it's now is the time to do a new one. Yeah. And Guitar Hero Live was that. a great. I loved I loved Rock Band as a kid. I loved Guitar Hero as a kid. Yeah. Like those games were. It introduced were rad. me to so many great bands. Yes. Like I would not have gotten into so so many bands if it wasn't for Guitar Hero or for Rock Band. So yeah, especially just, Rock Band Two on the Wii, that was legendary. I just want to say as well, like Guitar Hero Live was a great game. I just think that the, it didn't obviously didn't make them enough money, so they stopped supporting it. So yeah. it it is I mean obviously it's weird the Spyro and Crash are now owned by Microsoft, but but Sony hasn't had them as a mascot in like 20 plus years. So I, I don't yeah. that doesn't that's not as a blow to me. Like it's not yeah. like it's not like them acquiring Kratos or Nathan Drake. Like that'd be obviously it's, Yeah, it's not contemporary. It's not contemporary. Yeah. It's not it's But not obviously, I mean, I have a Spyro statue and spyro is my favorite so that yeah reunited was rad i would love them to do yeah new things with spyro or i don't know and i loved uh yeah reunited was great and i loved the crash trilogy and i loved i, I didn't I, I really liked crash 4 it was really good um except for the last level but uh but um so you know like the thing is right uh I'm gonna play the games no matter what platform they're on. I don't like. Yeah, it, my my profile is gonna take a hit because I play my third party mainly on PlayStation. Uh, so obviously that's gonna take a hit. But I just go where the games are. I don't know why it's like it's such a big deal that people can't just go to the. Like, don't get me wrong. Not everybody can afford every platform. But one thing, one, but the one good thing about Xbox is they're just very accessible. They, they're on like so many. There's so many ways to play them. You don't have that. You don't. You don't need to have the greatest PC to play these games. So. I will, I will go back to an earlier topic that we were talking about with the obvious, um, you know, elephant in the room, Bobby Kotick and his, the management over there. There's been a lot of discussion and debate and statements from Microsoft and Phil Spencer, about like what is or is not going to happen from Kotick as well. It seems like the general consensus is that he's there until the deal closes, but right. if the deal goes elsewhere, then maybe he won't. And it's not even a guarantee that he'll leave once the deal closes. So it's like kind of up in the air. It sounds like no. From my from my understanding, it sounds like he's gone as soon as once the deal goes through. Yeah, because they can't legally fire him until the so it's until right. it actually happens. Because because it's, I mean, it's not it, it's not done yet. I mean, it's like we even, got whole... even if he do, and even if they get it, even if he gets fired, that severance package he gets is billions, millions. Oh, of he's going off on a he's going off in the sunset. Yeah, yeah he's got, he's they call works. it they call it a golden parachute, which I've never heard before. But yeah, that yeah. is exactly what it if is. If people think he's gonna he's, like be stripped stripped naked and like game of no. thrones and trash thrown at him like it's not i don't need that works. imagery seb <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nobody wants to see that you know nobody wants to see that. Uh, but here's here's the thing right here's my here's my kind of stance on it um obviously like there's concern that if you know he's getting if he gets sacked he's still he's still walking away with a big bundle of cash but he already has more money than god yeah <laughs> i i 
like sure he's going to get more money but i think what is more valuable is getting him out of there and oh i agree taking away his influence it doesn't it doesn't mean that he shouldn't be getting rid of it just it just leaves a bitter taste in my mouth that he not only gets rid of but he still gets to make a bunch of fucking cash over it sure but yeah 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 um but it's it's not good PR to keep him. It's just too toxic. Yeah, that's no, that's sure. the thing, exactly. Like, yeah. why would why, why would they do this deal? Why would they do this deal now after all the recent controversy? If they weren't going to make these changes, you know, yeah. if they weren't going to make a public attempt to and, fix the culture issues. And yeah, and to be clear, those culture issues are culture issues. They're not just Bobby Kotick issues. Like Kotick's obviously horrible. And like at the top mm. of it, but yeah. that shit doesn't just start at the top and then just it goes nowhere else. Like that has to be all take... around the company. Yeah, it's gonna take years to. It's gonna take a long time to undo that kind of frat boy culture that they've got over there to yeah. media sources. That was like it's twenty not years. Just of... gonna be yeah, yeah, that was twenty years of people literally crawling under desks and doing yeah. weird crap like that. Like, this, yeah, but yeah. this, I, th- I th- this is another reason. Like, okay, I feel like Phil Spencer has a good reputation at this point. Where we can kind of give him the benefit of the doubt and assume yeah, he's a he media is. darling. Yeah. yeah, like I feel like we can assume he's going to, you know, for the sake of his reputation, if not nothing else, or like if not for the sake of being a decent human being, yeah. I feel like he's going to try and make an effort to fix this. And I mean, yeah, it's I, that's where I have like a lot of respect for the guy for sort of taking up this challenge. Yeah, I mean, what's I notable I, about I, Phil like, Spencer is, like, I hear all these things about, like, Mark Cerny and Ears, and I, like, hear about, like, <laughs> you know, plenty of other stuff about other CEOs, but I almost never hear anything about Phil Spencer, which, when you're that rich, mm. is probably, is usually a good thing. I mean, some of their statements about the current situation have been vague or not, or off-putting, but they've then revised them and he, done he's better the statements. Of PR. Yeah, I, I, I so. think they've been, like, intentionally, like understandably vague in the sense that like it's a business yeah you know you can't necessarily outright say yeah we're getting rid of that you know piece of shit this oh yeah no i get it he can't take over yeah Yeah. exactly so like it it like i can you know optimistically speaking like internally he's going i just want him out of there and the best for everyone involved i and that's the i i hate to be sorry i was i hate to be a downer about it though but like it's not just Bobby Kotick, of course, that's the root of the problem inside Activision. Like, there's... I mean, he's he's a large proponent of it, and I think his behaviours and what he has and hasn't done has directly and indirectly supported and bolstered and kept that, you know, that toxic um, company culture brewing and going for all these years, but... I mean, like, it's essentially what I just said. It's a culture, you know, removing one person doesn't necessarily negate it. So, like, there's there'll need to be a lot of work internally that I think is going to be more than just outright firing certain people, unfortunately. Like, you're going to need a new PR person, not, not PR, HR person. I think... Um, which I think they will. I don't think they'll have an issue... No, I, like, like, I think that, like, eventually, absolutely, there's, they'll, hopefully, yeah. Um, there's a lot of great out, people but I think, working at Blizzard, like, even though yeah. it's toxic with so many people, but oh, Blizzard there is a lot and, of great people. Activ- yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But it's not just like the uh, all the you know allegations and things like that. 
uh, it's just uh, just the way they were treating consumers, uh, like the microtransactions mm. and the whole China thing and the Hong Kong thing, and yep, yep. Mm. it was so so anti it was so anti consumer anti fan base. Like they destroyed. You, I mean, honestly, in terms Warcraft. of this acquisition, in terms of games, there's not a ton I really care about. All, you could remove uh, all those Blizzard games. I don't care about. And then the only games that I care about from Activision are all the retro games: Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, Tony Hawk, Guitar Hero. I don't care about Call of Duty. And so it's just like this. Ironically, even though I'm fairly like passionate and sensed about this, most of this doesn't affect me. I can't really see them making a crash game anytime soon they probably will but like not anytime soon and then i like i tried to play crash and i just thought it was overly difficult platformers aren't as much for me anyway yeah uh mm-hmm. yeah i think the most games the games that i'm most excited about that even though i like tony hawk pro skater are guitar hero which i don't even know if it'll come back and spyro and the only thing they could do with spyro is a new game so it's like you know uh unless they're gonna remaster like the dragonfly game or something that came right no, after I the trilogy <laughs> uh, <laughs> right nobody wants that but so uh, yeah for me blizzard obviously is like my top three favorite developer of all time uh i'm a gigantic warcraft fan and warcraft i put in a billion hours into obviously and diablo uh and this won't affect oh i mean i won't say affect me because i'm a pc gamer too i i played all these games on pc it won't affect playstation gamers playstation gamers don't really play blizzard games like on the console i mean it's, it's a pc audience mainly uh I'm what I'm curious about is like if Warcraft, World of Warcraft is going to be on Game Pass and it's going to be like you play you get your subscription through Game Pass that'd be amazing. Uh, that would be the fact that mm-hmm. we get like what excites me is that Microsoft might fix Blizzard and we might get the old Blizzard back or some form of it and that excites me so much because Blizzard when they were at their best were like arguably the best developer in the world and all their games are like iconic and masterpiece. So I'm so excited for this if they can fix the culture and get away from all those stupid mobile games and anti-consumer practices and get away from all the yeah. time gating and well, all that crap. You guys don't have Xboxes? Well, I mean, that's I a, have a series. I X. That's a deep, no, that's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think, I okay. No. I thought, but, <laughs> never mind. You you I didn't remember? get that joke. Sorry. You know, the yeah. old Diablo immortal thing. You guys don't have phones. The, yeah. I get, oh, I get. wow. I oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't get it. Uh, look, I just wanna I want to get on one more soapbox, and then I, I won't be as vociferous about this. Uh, but I wanted to I wanted us to at least briefly talk about what it means for uh, unionization uh, and all that stuff, and kind of like update, and then also like do a very cheap plug for a community I help moderate. Um, so both MSN and oh, thestreet.com are both representing are both uh, presenting the news about this that there are still Blizzard employees demanding union recognition. Uh, They're having kind of an official effort towards this. Um, Basically, some of the Raven software people who, as we noted earlier, help with Call of Duty, are requesting Blizzard Activision to uh, recognize their union. Uh, They have enough support and stuff like that that they've been working on this for a while. Uh, Of course, gaming is a space where unionization efforts have been very difficult to actually get any kind of real results on. Um, they are basically promising that uh, if this does not happen, if they are not recognized officially by the companies, they will go to the National uh, Labor Board uh, and do it themselves. Uh, so hopefully get recognized there. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. But yeah, I just didn't know if y'all had any thoughts on on that. But I, I just wanted to bring it up because it's an important part of the story too. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So like that, I think this news broke after the uh, acquisition news, right? About the uh, the union, 
Yeah, problems. for sure. So That's like, like within been, the last yeah. day or so. Yeah, so like, uh, you know, the QA uh, folk at Raven have been trying to unionize for a while now. Because um, I think, if I remember correctly, what happened was they were told uh, internally that things were going to improve there. And then a bunch of them said they were going to get fired or let go. Um, so, yeah, like, it's a whole shitty situation there. Feels, sadly, par for the course at this point mm-hmm. for uh, Activ- everything under Activision. Um but yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about this kind of stuff, so I don't know how this gets affected by the acquisition. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, I do want to point out that I help moderate the subreddit. It's called R slash Anti Work. We are going to have an AMA with the um, some of the Blizzard uh, workers and stuff like that who have been oh, trying wow. to unionize. Uh, we've got like. 1.7 million people so we're hopefully we're going to be able to get a lot of eyes on that so i'm really excited about that um so i just, i figured I'd, I'd bring that up here it's not probably going to happen until a little later in the month because they have to there, there's some internal stuff that they have to do uh but yeah one of my yeah. fellow moderators has been reaching out to them and trying to get them in contact with us so i'm, I'm super excited about it because it's obviously something I'm, I'm excited and passionate about given that it's related to Video games, which we talk about all the time. So anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll probably tweet that out or something at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pl- plug us on there as well. Maybe not. I don't so, know. <laughs> so obviously, yeah, uh, on that, so. so obviously, yeah. this is a, a huge blow to Sony because uh, Call of Duty is their biggest money maker, and Sony is not Nintendo. So I've, I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh, they can just be like Nintendo and make first party only." Nope. They they're not they they don't have that audience they cannot do that and uh yeah I, they will I go think... ba- they will die if they do that obviously that's they're not they're not going to do that I'm just saying but they they cannot sustain yeah. that they don't sell think... forty million copies what um I mean so Xbox have Bethesda they have Activision Blizzard uh who else have they acquired they've acquired oh, yeah. Double Fine Double uh, Oblivion. Yep. bunch of other cell yeah. Studios, yeah yeah exactly what just off the top of their heads what like studios and like third party like big third party um companies are left you know not 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 necessarily for acquisition but just are left that both sony and microsoft can sort of play well, with and are we talking like crowd- publishers here or just developers developers Publisher. mainly uh, or both. Well, even for developers, know. you've got Platinum is the first one that comes to mind. Mm. Uh, Remedy. Well, that's, that's all I've Remedy got. are kind of more so leaning Xbox, I, I guess, but yeah. Publisher-wise, the Crown Jewel is a Take-Two. Uh, I don't think... I'm yeah. not sure if Sony has the money for Take-Two. Microsoft I think, does. Yeah, I think... But I don't, I don't I think, think they will buy them it, with this purchase. Yeah, I, I remember, Seth, yeah. that you said that um, you thought maybe Sony would by Square Enix, which maybe seems I, somewhat... I think that's the most realistic because yeah. Square Enix mm-hmm. already has an amazing relationship with Sony and most of their games yeah. time yeah. exclusives. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, Kingdom Hearts first came out for... Yeah. The, all those all those collectors came out for Sony first. Yeah, and it's a Japanese company. Microsoft cannot yeah, buy Yeah, Japanese right, right, right. Yes, yes. The, yeah. What you have to keep in mind as well with this stuff, though, is the company has to be looking to be bought as well. Which, yeah. well of course, which, but I think which Square is, Enix I think that's, is... But, is, is, is I think that's part of the reason, like, 
this was such a, a huge surprise as well. Like not only the money and the fact that it's such a huge company, like <clears throat> I don't think anyone assumed they were looking to be bought, you know? Yeah. There's no, I mean, there is no like typical rumor mill people like our favorite Jason Schreier or like anybody <laughs> else, like really talking about, <laughs> about, um, you know, uh, like, Oh, someone was, you know, so people are talking amongst Activision Blizzard about a sale. Like we didn't hear Just, any of that. Just saying, imagine if this is the one fucking time Jason tries, like, I don't think this deserves to be leaked. You know, like, his, his moral righteousness goes, Jesus. I don't think this deserves to be leaked. Yeah. For his reasons. Uh, well, no, he was there. He was there. You know, he was there yeah. tweeting that. <laughs> so, Take-Two is obviously the big one, because that's, like, Grand Theft Auto. Like, if there's, if, if, it's, if Call of Duty yeah, is the biggest, got, Grand Theft Auto is right there. You've yeah. got Rockstar, take, uh, sorry, um, 2K, Private yeah, Division. So, Sony would own... Umbrella exclusively nba 2k they would own bioshock they would own sony Grand already Fox, owns Grand Mafia, 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 right? Grand Theft Auto, red Dead redemption sony Naughty. already own naughty dog and santa that's, monica yeah that's their main no that's their okay. first party yeah that's what i thought that's okay. yeah they own insomniac they purchased them for like insomniac which is such a huge win it was not them. even a billion i, I think i saw me for what like 300 million or something Less than that, pocket chains, peasant, it was peasant like, chains. They got the deal of the century on that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, second, second. I guess the, the deal of the century was when when Microsoft bought uh, Minecraft because the money they paid for that was chump change for what how much they made on that game. Uh, you know, I I saw a little thing that was really funny to me that Microsoft tried to buy up Yahoo at one point and Yahoo said they tried no. to buy Nintendo a long time ago. yeah and they were trying to buy him like 50 billion or something and yahoo was like you know no we're not going to see like we're going to keep powering through and like we're going to be bigger than google still somehow <laughs> and then like a few years they finally bought got bought by verizon for like four billion like like a pul- like relatively a paltry sum compared to what they were originally being offered that's like when that's like when uh uh blockbuster refused to like recognize netflix like that kind of shit that's what the vibes it gives me yeah. so after take two obviously there's ea and ubisoft and uh they're, they're, uh, they're probably open to selling too uh really playstation would can afford both of them i mean not both of them but they could afford one of them they have the money to buy <laughs> one of them but would they yeah. will would they be willing to sell i don't know well here's, i mean uh, U- ubisoft works for sony because sony's like main strongest audience is in europe and ubisoft's a predominantly european develop a publisher so that would yeah. make a lot of sense to me. Listen, uh, and they could then also kick out people at the top. So, hey, you know. Exactly. I won't, I won't yeah. get too deep into this because I don't know much about this money stuff and, and this corporation <laughs> stuff and how this all works. But um, sh- surely at this point, it would be a huge, huge risk for Sony to buy a Ubisoft or an EA. Sure. Because if they yeah. bought, if they spent all that money on them, and then Microsoft decided to pull Call of Duty uh, from their mm. platform, it, like they'd just be bleeding money. Well, Sony's Sony should assume that they're gonna keep Call of Duty exclusive anyway. Like if Sony, I'm, I'm sure Sony already knows what Phil Spencer is doing. He already talked to the people at top and Sony. Yeah. I'm sure they know what the plans are. If I was Sony, I would treat it like as if it's gonna be exclusive. So we need to adjust. Yeah, I don't know, I but. Don't know. Um, yeah. The the other the other thing as well that I would just thought about that I I don't haven't heard anybody talking about thus far is the huge esports scene that Microsoft has just inherited. Oh yeah, know? that's true. Like, oh, the sh- they, they own the shooter genre now. Call of Duty and Overwatch, two of the biggest esports games out there, and they've got them. 
throw in Wolfenstein and do. I mean, it's not multiplayer, but throw in Doom, Wolfenstein, and then throw in uh, what is the Quake. Hmm. I I I find it I find it hilarious that none of the Doom games that have come out from Bethesda like like they they oh Ian, sorry they're great games don't get me wrong but that they don't have a multiplayer portion that hmm. has a dedicated esports to it I think that's just insane to me. Although um, Sony's still doing okay there because they own Evo and they own the fighting game genre they have a yeah. monopoly on the fighting game genre. That's true. I so I sorry I got my dogs were barking. I didn't want to get dogs barking no, on the. That's why I got no, cut off. Carry on. But uh, so Sony could acquire those two. Let's say yeah, it'd be a huge risk. But obviously they got to get aggressive now. Microsoft's, yeah, Microsoft, could, yeah. Microsoft's come to play. Uh, owning EA would obviously be big because you would own like Battlefield, which is still a huge money maker, and you would own Madden, which is a huge money maker. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it would make uh, you would get into Mitch's top ten guaranteed if you own <laughs> Battlefield. I guess so. You know. <laughs> But uh, so Battlefield, uh, the new one, didn't do well with like the fans in, in general, but it still was a huge seller. I mean, that was like a top five game or whatever, sales-wise. Um, you could say Konami, but uh, Konami is not worth Jack because dead. they have no you're developers. Just, you're just, be you're buying just buying the LP. The LP. Yeah. You're just buying you're the just, IP. You're buying, you're buying a uh, – sorry to be crass, but you're buying a corpse of a company. They're, they're you're buying not- a shell, yeah. No, exactly yeah. what you're doing. Now, is it worth it? I don't know. Maybe. It depends how much the pricing is, I guess. Like if well, I, I, I'd buy, I'd probably spend if I had the money. It was like a couple billion. I'd if if, buy if I were Phil Spencer, the first thing I would do right now is buy Konami and remaster Metal Gear Rising. There's antitrust laws. American companies can't buy Japanese uh, companies. So, well, that's uh, you know what I would do. I would buy nano machines, I mean, and then I would buy uh, Konami afterwards. Another thing, uh, <laughs> yeah. now is the perfect now is the perfect time for uh, Sony to Got start em. develop developing their own shooters. Like get away from like obviously Call of Duty. Yeah, is going to be a huge loss, and it's going to be a major blow to them. I, but you know, I, wa- I now's time to anyone... do Resistance or SOCOM or something. Yeah, Resistance. There you go. Uh, you know, I I wonder if anyone's going to start buying those indie aggregate companies you know like devolver digital or annapurna or like see, any of sony that could, sony could buy mm. one of those i could see that yeah they could now, that'd be a huge blow to game pass because game pass is like the king of developer Devolver would, digital. would, would they just yeah. buy annapurna's games division or the whole company oh i don't I mean, know they do I, 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 I just know them as a games company so i didn't even know they had no, they're, they're big on. On, they're big in movies as well Oh, yeah, they I didn't gotta, know that. Okay, they gotta stop with um that Sony's like broke. Like I, I see that all the time. Like Sony can't buy it. They don't have no money. Like yes, they do. There's it's other ways Sony. of buying. There's other way of buying companies. <laughs> they've literally, they literally in- invented the Walkman. Like they've been around <laughs> since the yeah. 70s or 80s at this point. Like they've hmm. got gazillions so of there's money. Just, there's just ways of buying companies without like just cash. Like there's different ways of doing that. Yeah. Like there's ways to get around. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. No, I don't. I, Sony has to get aggressive. Like I said, Microsoft came to play, so Sony has to like do something. So I'm not one of those fanboys. It's like, oh, we have to... no, oh no, he's they're buying everything. Now you have to react and buy everything. No, Sony just needs to get a little, has to get a little aggressive with third party now, like really. I, you know, honestly, I think with their announcement, the whole Spartacus project, and then maybe they have an announcement tomorrow that's possibly about something big. We don't know. No, nah, there's something it, big on Twitter. It's not happening now. It's it's just a music video thing. Well, here's the thing. Oh, yeah. is it really? Yeah. How do you know? I posted yeah. it on Twitter. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, I, excuse me, on the Discord. Here's the oh, thing, okay. Seb, as well. You're saying about like Sony has Twitter to get Discord. Sony has to get really aggressive with third party now. 
mm-hmm. which is it brings up a good point. I mean, there is the monopoly aspect as we mentioned, but there's also the the flip side. This is good for this. This makes competition healthier, Absolutely. which makes the industry healthier. You know. Yeah. Well, Sony buying uh, like Square Enix is not like consolidating the industry because that's because like their games are timed exclusives anyway. And when we when we say consolidation, we mean like Amazon or Apple or Google getting involved because then they have the money to just yeah. wipe everybody away. Yeah, uh, I mean it's it's almost a blessing. Will, oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. I don't think Apple cares about hardcore audience. They they like they're more yeah. in the mobile space. Yeah. Uh, Google, I don't know, and. Uh, so I don't know. I think Google has yeah. probably given up. Amazon's on games trying, for the time but Am- every project Amazon has done has failed so far. Yeah, Amazon has failed. Google Stadia was a failure for the most part. Yeah. Uh, Can I? Like, so yeah. Well, well, hang on. Can I ask yeah. you guys? Sorry, what were the Jeff Bezos MMO? It doesn't. It, it dropped New off World? massively. New World dropped mm-hmm. off. Okay. Massively. Well. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, but before you finish that point, James, though, it's like people argue that Sony's kind of getting. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if the, how well how true this is going to be, but the, they argue the future is Microsoft versus Amazon or Google or or Apple. That like Sony's getting left behind because they don't they're not prepared for the future of gaming because gaming shifting from the traditional consoles as we know mm-hmm. it. The e- ecosystems are starting to take over. It's not, it's not it's not just about uh, playing on your console. It's about playing anywhere. I think Sony's. Is behind. I think Sony's a good ten years behind Microsoft on that front, because obviously Sony's now putting games on PC. Yeah. Finally, so because you can imagine Microsoft has played the long game. Like Phil Spencer, to his credit, the best thing he did was that he played the long game. He built the cloud infrastructure. He built the ecosystem. He built the mobile gaming, the PC gaming. He he built the service. Sony was like still in the. Uh, 30 year last 30 year mindset of like traditional gaming and microsoft was in the future so if so if one thing sony screwed up the most was that they were very stubborn to adjust to the changing dynamic of the industry uh mm-hmm. and they're they're behind now and they're, they're playing the catch-up and uh i don't i don't i don't know if spartacus is going to be the new game pass but they're they're they don't they, they had to struggle to find a cloud service they, they tried to make a partnership with amazon and it didn't go through and I think they used uh, Microsoft's cloud system to do PS Now, I believe, the Azure Cloud, or whatever. So Sony got very Sony. If one thing Sony really did a poor job was playing the long game. I think. Yeah. For that. What I, what I was going to say earlier, just real brief before James starts, was that um, you know I think the blessing in disguise here is that video games just aren't taken as seriously, and I think that motivates. Amazon and Google to like make it less likely that they're going to do any kind of big takeover. Obviously, I could be wrong on that. I mean, it would you also, say that though? What? I mean, would you say that though? The industry is the fastest growing industry in the world. No, but I mean, I still think relatively, like people just don't take it as seriously as they take other forms of media. Like they, they don't take it as seriously as movies or television I shows and stuff like that. I would I mean, argue. Do you, do you think? I, sorry. Do, do, you, do you think like those companies see that Microsoft has just in- invested $70 billion in this industry and they think, you know, more than they have been recently, hey, maybe we want a piece of that action. Yeah, that's what I mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to tell. It's, but, uh, it's, it's, sorry, Seb, go ahead. I was, they, they're interested in gaming, but they're interested in, like, the mobile space because most people that play video games in the world play on mobile or handheld. So that's the other aspects that we have mentioned about core gaming. as well. Yeah. Uh, Activision Blizzard is not Activision Blizzard. It's Activision Blizzard King. Yeah. 
That's Candy Crush, baby. That's yeah, uh, exactly. That's huge in mobile games. Like that's... so, Apple Apple only cares about mobile. That's where the money is. Yeah, but that's like Microsoft has just inherited a huge, or just invested yeah. in a huge share of the of the mobile gaming landscape. Not just what? that, the online landscapes, because South Korea is a huge gaming market, and Blizzard's the most popular company in South Korea, and that's a, mm. they they just inherited a giant player base. Yeah. So the other thing as well that I was going to mention a wee bit ago was uh, speaking of like tech companies getting into games. When was the last time you guys heard anything from Stadia? Because I feel like they have officially given up on it at this point. Didn't um, didn't they make a big partnership with Ubisoft or something like that partway through last year? I've got no idea what but you're talking about, but I do if, know they shut down a bunch of the developers, including the people who made uh, Journey to the Savage Planet. Who they bought? Me. They yeah. bought them and then shut them down. It's just not there yet. The cloud gaming. And then I think but bit, I, I just think Google really screwed up on marketing that service. Well, right. I was going to say the the problem was that their big sellers were third party games that you can just play on PlayStation or Xbox already or PC already for like half the price already. So it was like yeah, what's they made the a big here? they made a big deal about oh we we're going to make original games for Stadia, and but then they what, just kind of didn't. But you know what really killed it was mm. the fact that uh, Xbox did X Cloud. X Cloud was just better. Because uh-huh. you got Game Pass, but it's also the fact that they were marketing it and they to the wrong audience. The wrong audience. Yeah. They were marketing it to yeah. us. They were putting ads out at the Game Awards. Yeah, you know, they absolutely. Were, they yeah. should have been marketing it to an audience that doesn't play games and saying, yeah. "Hey, look how easy it is for you to try games." And, and yeah, see that's what a great the fuss point because core gamers don't give a shit about that. They they just want a controller in their hands. Yeah, and play it natively. Exactly. Like we we know what input lag means. Yeah, cloud gaming is the future, but it's it's just not there yet. We're a good yeah. twenty years away, and that being like really good. But uh, yeah, like now, I just want to. La- I I was laughing at the fanboy reaction on Twitter because I think people actually think that like Twitter is is actually represents gaming as a whole. Like, like Twitter is like less than one percent of actual gamers. Like most people just play like Candy Crush on their phones and then go to work. Like they don't. Like no one really likes, no one. You know what I mean? You get what, you get what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. and mm. people were like, literally thought like Phil Spencer just bought Activision just to be petty to, to ponies. <laughs> like, like he literally goes on Twitter and just scrolls up and down Twitter and is like, ah, I got you, bitches. You just, <laughs> this is what you get. I'm like, you really think Microsoft makes their purchases, business decisions based on like fanboys on Twitter? Like, I people literally <laughs> said. I literally said this. I've seen these posts multiple times on Twitter. This is what you get, Sony fans. Like, what? Like, <laughs> Phil Spencer didn't. He didn't like do this to be petty. He doesn't. He's not like sipping tea right now and like laughing. What's at the it. um? What's that quote from Joker? It's like you get what you fucking deserve, and then yeah, it's like they go and buy Activision. No, no, it's. Not I how understand it, how people how feel works. because not everybody can afford every platform, obviously. But that's the thing, though. There's games on every platform. Like, even if you played Switch only, there's so many great indies and first party on there. If you play Xbox only, you get Game Pass, you get all those games. And you get PlayStation, you get a great first party, and you get a bunch of great third party. So there's always something for everybody, and you don't have to play every game that comes out. So there's nothing wrong with having one platform. It's just that when you bash other people for their own 
different tastes, like that's when mm. it's a problem. And so, yeah. so as me that has a multi-platform and plays on everything and plays games all day, every day, this is this move does nothing for me. It doesn't affect me. I would just go play those games on Game Pass. Like it's not an issue. Yeah. We haven't even talked yeah. much about the fact that you know, Overwatch Two, Call of Duty Twenty Seven, fucking you know all, all this stuff on Game Pass. Like this is oh yeah, like mm. Game Pass is already doing amazingly. I'm telling well, you now, how well does it do when all this stuff lands on it? I'm telling you now, like, because you, I, no offense, you guys are not huge PC gamers. Obviously, you, you don't understand. You might not I understand how big Blizzard is. I take massive. You, you might not understand how big Blizzard is. Like, not just here, but like in China and South Korea. Mm. Like, the fact that they well, own does China Starcraft. even have Game Pass? Is it, does China even have? Game I know Pass there are regions thing? where Game Pass is not available. Yeah, I'm not sure if China's yeah. one of them. So Game Pass is probably not popular in Asia yet, but this is the game changer. Like this mm-hmm. is where the game change. This is really where, where this uh, yeah if purchase smart, makes a huge difference. If they're smart, they'll start marketing Game Pass more over there now. Because StarCraft is like I think it's the most popular game in South Korea, so, and uh, and Overwatch is gigantic, and Diablo is gigantic, and Warcraft is gigantic. Mm-hmm. So yeah. these are these are monumental IPs. Like go beyond Call Call of Duty is obviously the biggest prize, obviously, but. You go after after Call of Duty. It's Blizzard. Blizzard is the crown jewel. They just purchased the crown jewel of the industry, and because yeah. obviously Crash and Spyro and Tony Hawk and are not going to be monumental game changers for Microsoft, but like owning Diablo and Overwatch and Warcraft, that's like incredible. Like that's yeah, that's 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 a huge change in the industry for sure. And I were I, that's the, I guess the concern for Sony is like where's the third party coming from now. Yeah. So, hmm. but um, no, I, th- from an objective standpoint, it doesn't affect me. Yeah, I, uh, I once again to come back around to it, I, I just don't think they'll make Call of Duty. I don't think they, I don't think they'll pull Call of Duty off PlayStation. I just I just don't think I'm they will. leaning. I'm I'm leaning that they're going to, but I'm I'm not I'm not as sure as I was with Bethesda because Bethesda made sense because it's not single player games and stuff. Call of Duty is like is like the one of the gigantic. IPs of the industry, so if they're gonna put Minecraft on there, I don't see why you wouldn't put Call of Duty on there. You make so much money doing that, but who knows? I guess. Okay. Um, hmm. Any final thoughts on Activision being purchased for sixty-eight billion dollars? Well, I mean, that's uh, not enough, but you yes. know, <laughs> thoughts. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's thoughts head uh, empty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thoughts head empty. Yeah, the, I yeah. the three things I listed. If they all happen, I'll be marginally happy about it, but I'll still be mm-hmm. concerned about monopolization. That's all I really got to say. Okay, yes, likewise. I guess I'll just summarize. Summarize. Get rid of Bobby. Uh, play. Just go on Game Pass and play those games on Game Pass. Like, it's nothing wrong with playing on different platforms, and and this is a huge game changer. And Sony needs to be aggressive. So that's my recap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Last time on yeah. Seb. Ballsy. <laughs> okay, well, um, in that case, that's the end of the show. That's uh, not many, yeah. not many topics this week, but some pretty big ones. Mm. 
one big yeah one. if you it's thought if you well. thought wow dial di- optional dialogue is going to talk about that and then they're going to even go into a bigger topic i don't know what you were expecting like unless god himself came down from the heavens and started buying out like square enix and sony and shit like that <laughs> would it be would it be because gaming news never drops in the weekend it'd be funny if like why like midstream like sony bought like take two we have, to do, we have to go for another hour. That, that would... Yeah, we just have to go for another hour. Sorry, everybody. I guess we're here. Breaking news going live now with uh, something, something, something. But I guess oh, it's only, yeah. that's, that's like the only disadvantage of going doing a podcast on the weekend. Because gaming news never drops like on the weekend. Mm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Yes and no. Yes and no. It has its advantages. It's not only disadvantage. Advantage, I'm just saying. It was yeah. one disadvantage. Well, anyway, yeah. um, that is all from us. Uh, but we'll be back next week with more impressions on the latest games and news stories related to video yeah, games. Next week. next week is when it begins. Pokemon, Uncharted, and that's just oh, the start. Oh, yeah. I'm not here buying either and of them. Then, neither am I. Neither. <laughs> okay, I'm the only gamer on here. But okay. Uh, <laughs> have a good day, everybody. Uh, remember <laughs> that yeah. you can give us I've a already... thumbs up Yep. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show. Sorry, Dory. Uh, and give okay. us a rating on Apple Podcasts. So with that said... We hope you have a fantastic week, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. I've already played Uncharted, and I'm not going to play Arcade. Bye.